Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Everyone say, nothing just happens. Nehemiah chapter 2. How many of you know that we all want a better life? How many want a better life? Now, now, now I'm not going to, I didn't say a better wife. I said a better life, okay? Better life, okay? If you're married, you're stuck with who you got. <laughs> I need you to understand something, that we all want a better life, but not everyone is willing to do what's necessary to get there. Many of us want to get in shape, but we don't want to work out. We want a better relationship, but we don't want to work on the marriage. We want uh, to draw closer to God, but we don't want to pick up our Bible. We, we want, uh, man, we want to get out of debt, but we don't want to change our financial habits. I need you to understand that nothing just happens. And we shared the past couple weeks that nothing ha- just happens without vision. Everyone say vision need to know where you're going then we talked about agreement that you need to come into partnership with someone some of us are partnered with people that aren't even going in the same direction as you the bible says don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever there are people that you're that you're connecting your future to that aren't even going in the same direction as you and if you keep ending up in the wrong places in life it's because you got to figure out who you're attached to in life Then Pastor Matt so eloquently last week talked about our motivation, that we need a motivation. In order to have have motivation, you have to have a motive. You have to have something that motivates you, something that challenges you. And today, I need you to understand that nothing just happens, say that with me, without resources. We need resources in order because provision is vital to the vision. Say it again, Pastor. We need resources in order for our vision to come about. But many of us are waiting for all the provision to come in order for our vision to be fulfilled. But God doesn't work that way. God gives us vision first and then provision follows. You're waiting until God gives you all the resources to step out into your vision. That's not faith. You're waiting until you get everything that you need to take a step of faith. But I'm here to tell you today that if you would get a vision, you're going to find that money follows vision. Vision doesn't follow money. I don't know if you're catching this. Because there's a cost to vision. Because nothing just happens. In Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 7 it says, I also said to him, this is Nehemiah talking to the king. If it pleases the king, may I have letters from the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me with safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I also have a letter, someone say letter, to ask for the keeper of the royal park and he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city walls and the residence that I will occupy. Verse 8. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, The king granted my request. So I went to the governors of the trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's, I would say it, letters 
And the king also sent army officers and cavalry with me. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I am a firm believer that many of us do not have what we want in life because we have not determined what we need. And too many of us are, 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 are mulling around in life because we're going after our wants, not recognizing our need. And I need you to understand something today. Nehemiah understood what he needed. Knowing what you need is vital to your vision coming about. The Bible talks about in Acts chapter 3, and we shared this in our men's breakfast yesterday, that as Peter and John are walking into the temple to pray, they find a lame man by the gate beautiful. How many know that sometimes ugly things happen in beautiful places? At this gate, beautiful, there's a lame man that for over 40 years has been in this condition. And then John and Peter come walking in to pray. And as they're walking in to pray, they haven't prayed and then they're coming out. They're on their way in. And as they're walking in to pray, they find this lame man and the lame man's asking them for money. And like most preachers of his day, he was broke. Peter and John looked at him and said, man... We ain't got nothing. These guys looking at him say, hey, you know, can you give me some money? And Peter and John are like this. Amen. First thing they tell him, hey, look at me. And the guy thinks he's going to get hooked up. You know, these guys, I heard about them. These guys could heal the sick, raise the dead, things like that. These guys got to have some flow on them. They're, they're going to pull out some Benjamins, and they're going to start kicking me down. And Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold have I none. And I can imagine the layman be like, Next. You know, can, can y'all get out the way so the paying customers can get by here? But Peter and John, if they had had money, they would have just ended up meeting the want of the man, not the need of the man. Too many times, you need to understand that there's lack in our lives sometimes because God wants to use our lack to cause us to be creative to meet the need of people, not the want of people. So Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold have I none, but that which I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Stand up and walk. And he grabs a man by the hand, picks him up, and he's able to walk. If he had had money, he would have given him money, and the man still would have been lame to this day. But the fact that he was broke opened up the opportunity for him to see beyond his want and meet his need. The problem is many of us today, we just don't know what we need. We know what we want, but we don't know what we need. And Jesus has the ability to look beyond our wants and meet the need that we have. James chapter 4 verse 2, let me give you a clue as to why we don't get many of the things that we're asking for. You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. Now, you're like, wait a minute, pastor, I'm not a murderer. We murder with the words we speak. We assassinate like some of the best assassins out there with the words that we speak. And that person's not even in your zip code. Some of y'all are making shots on people that aren't even in your state. And some of you get that on the way home. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. 
We're like babies. When we don't get what we want, we start throwing tantrums. Then James closes it out. You do not have because you do not ask. Ask. Not social media. Facebook ain't going to meet your need. Snapchat ain't going to take care of your problem. Twitter's not going to meet whatever struggle you're going through. So you have not because you have not asked God. So Nehemiah knew what he needed. I want to ask you, do you know what you need to accomplish your vision? Do you know what you need today? Do you know what you need to fix your marriage, to restore your family? Do you know what you need today? Do you know the things that you need in your life? Do you know what you need to accomplish those goals? Do you know what you need to heal your body? Do you know what you need in your life today? Because the problem for many of us is that we don't know what we need. And so therefore, as a result, we don't accomplish what it is that we set out to accomplish. Do you know what you need to make a difference? Do you know what you need to get out of debt? Do you know what you need to be depression-free? Do you know what you need to build what that which was broken? Do you know how to hang what something when something has fallen? Do you know what you need to start a business? Do you know what you need to make an impact in life? Do you know what you need? Because if you don't know what you need, you're going to be running after your wants instead. Remember blind Bartimaeus, when he comes over to Jesus... Jesus tells the blind man that you would think, come on, somebody, you would think you would know what a blind man needs. And so when Bartimaeus comes, Jesus tells him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you need? You think it'd be pretty obvious, right? You got a blind man that just went through the crowd to come to Jesus, and he gets to Jesus finally, and Jesus says, what can I do for you? Duh. <laughs> See what I've been going through to get to you? Can't you notice something? I, I, I'm, I'm using my hands to fill around. Can't you see there's an issue here? The problem is this. He could have asked for a chariot with 24s on it. He could have asked for an entourage. He could have asked for money. He could have asked for influence. He could have asked for new clothes. He could have asked for a new house or a mansion. But the problem was this. Jesus understood mankind that many of us want things that we don't need. So Jesus looks at the blind man and says, this is your opportunity. What do you need? What do you want me to do for you? If Jesus were to walk into this room right now, in this moment, and come to you face to face and say, what do you want me to do for you? What would be your answer? Right now, many of your, your minds are spinning because you don't know what that would be. Because many of you are focused in on things you want, not on what you need. And God wanted to hear, Jesus wanted to hear Bartimaeus say what the need was. Man, I want to see. And he gave him sight. So what do you need to accomplish your vision today? See, there's a difference between a miracle and a principle. How many believe God's a God of miracles? No, I said, how many believe that God is a God of miracles? How many know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Amen. The problem is this, God would rather move by principle rather than miracles. God is a God of principle, not just miracles. And God would rather work through principle, but when we break the principles of God, we have to rely on the miracles of God. 
Say it again, Pastor. You see, you don't understand something. When we break the principles of God, then we have to rely on the miracles of God. You don't break God's principles. God's principles break you. And when you break the principle, the principle is this. When God told us how to eat healthy, when we break the principle of God, now we need a miracle of God because we have five arteries that are clogged and now we need a miracle. Or we find ourselves fighting diabetes or we find ourselves because we broke a principle, now we're facing that we need a miracle. When we, when we break the principle of loving your wife as Christ loved the church, now you need a miracle in your marriage because you got to heal something that you destroyed by breaking the principle. That whenever we find ourselves in a financial need because you broke the principle of how to manage your money, now you need a miracle to get out of debt. Somebody got to hear me this morning. Because God moves through principle, but when we break the principles of God, we need a miracle of God. Now, God can do miracles, but we put God in tough situations where now you need a miracle every day because you keep breaking the principle. Do you understand Jesus asked over 307 questions in his time on earth, at least recorded, where someone would ask him something, he would respond with the question, Jesus, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Give me a coin. Whose image is on it? But whenever people would ask Jesus something, Jesus would respond, Hey, Jesus, tell, tell my brother to split the inheritance with me. Who made me judge over you? Hey, good teacher, what commandment should I respond to get inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Why? Because Jesus wanted us to think for ourselves. He wanted to stir you to think. He wanted you to, he never just threw answers out there. He wanted you to search. He said it, it was, a, it was a, of the glory of kings to search out a matter. I need you to understand something this morning, that nothing just happens. And that we need resources to carry along the vision that God's given to us. And let me break down what the resources are. The resources are the tools and the materials that we need to rebuild something in our life. It might be rebuild your character. It might be to rebuild your dreams. It might be right to rebuild your marriage or your business. It might even be to rebuild your self-image because it's been torn down so much. But we need resources in order to build. They are the things that draw you, that, that you draw fuel from to rebuild that process. It's, it's like gasoline in, a, in an engine. It drives things. And they're usually owned by someone that you know. Do you realize that you normally don't have the resources you need in order to carry out your own vision? You need to partner with someone else to bring that. that. Someone else usually has the resources and you have the vision. And that's why God uses agreement, partnership to make things happen. Listen, you're not going to accomplish anything of value alone. Please say that again, Pastor Dan. You need, we need one another. That's what the body of Christ is all about. You, you need to partner with people. You see, what do you need in order to accomplish your, your goals? What do you need in order to, to, to get to that next level? Let me give you four things very quickly. Number one, first thing that you need is tools. Now, for how, how many carpenters are in the house right now? Carpenters, okay. How many mechanics any mechanics, okay? How many financial managers? Quite a few of them, okay? Now, now I want you to notice something about, about each one of these areas. Each one of these areas has tools that they use. Financial manager, calculator, right? 
Got to, you need that calculator. You got, you got, to, be on, you got to be on. If you're a, a mechanic, you got to make sure you have your, your, your sockets, your wrenches and things like that. If you're a carpenter, you got to have your own hammers, saws, and so forth. You cannot go to a job site and say, hey, hey bro, can, uh, can, can I borrow your hammer? Hey, bro, let, let me get at that saw for a second. Now, you got a crowbar? I need, I need, a, you know, I need a little... You can't do that. You get to a job, you're supposed to have, you're an electrician, you got to have your own tools, you got to handle your own business. You get to start wrenching on a car. Hey, bro, I need that 716 socket. Can I, can I borrow your socket? How about them wrenches? Give me, give me that torque wrench. You can't do that. You got to have your own tools. In life, if you're going to build anything, you got to have your own tools. You got to make sure you, you can't operate on mommy and daddy's faith. You can't operate on someone else's blessing. You can't have your breakthrough by doing and borrowing someone else's stuff. You got to have your own tools. And secondly, you got to invest. You got to invest in yourself. Many of us invest more in our food than we do in our future. We got to start investing in ourselves instead of, like me, and I'm speaking to myself, instead of going to Starbucks and getting that caramel macchiato with six shots like caramel and spending 10 bucks for a drink, why not buy a book? Read a book, get, get, learn something to get better in life. And yet all we want to do is we want people to help us get better, but we never want to improve ourselves. You got to invest in yourself. When's the last time you bought something to better yourself, not just to make yourself look good? Don't need another pair of shoes. (laughs) This dude. (laughs) Like where you're going with this. When he was young, when he was young, he was in, in, in college. This brother made good money. Made good money, huh? What'd you spend it on? Clothing. That's a sorry excuse, man. That's a, that's a poverty mentality because I was poor when I grew up. I bought clothes with all my money. Well, we're going to talk after this. We got we to gotta break, break them chains in your life. You got to invest in yourself, folks. You got to invest in getting better. You want to have a better marriage? Stop asking for counseling. Start reading some books about getting better in your marriage or how to be. Instead of how my, my husband's this, my wife is this. Why not become a better husband? Why not become a better wife? Why not become a better person? Let's invest into who we are. Let us invest into getting better. Set, thirdly, we need, we need to make sure that we also have the materials. And if you're going to go out and build something, you got to make sure you have the materials to build. You got to have the resources to build these things. You can't, just, you can't get to a job site and try to lay a foundation with no concrete. You need materials. You need something to start with. You need something to work with in our lives. And lastly, energy. And, and this, this is the thing. that This drives me crazy about church folk. You know what, church folk? We're lazy. Let me rephrase that. Y'all are lazy. Because whenever I'm dealing with someone that's in a problem, that's been in a problem for a long time, well, what are you doing about it? Well, I'm just waiting on God. (laughs) Amen. Get into counseling for your marriage. Well, I'm just waiting on God. Amen. Why why don't you start this and do, I'm just waiting on God to get me out of debt. Just waiting on God to heal my body. 
waiting on God to get out of this addiction. And we're in a waiting mode, and we call that faith. I'm waiting on God. That's not waiting on God. The Bible says those that wait upon the Lord shall what? But that word wait doesn't mean. You know what that word wait literally means? It's like a waiter taking a towel and dropping it on its arm, saying, God, I'm here to wait on you. I'm here to do whatever you want me to do. I'm ever, whatever, whatever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready to wait on you. I'm ready to take care of whatever needs to be done. You tell me to go here, I'll do that. I'll serve over here. I'll serve over there. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of that. And we've turned waiting into doing nothing. That's not waiting. Because nothing just happens. Now, I need to take you somewhere. Now, I want you to notice this, that what do we need? We need time. Because that acrostic right there, tools, investment, materials, and energy equals time. You've got to give yourself time, folks. Because not everything happens in a moment. Because God doesn't always work through miracle. God works through principle. And principles take time to bring about in our lives. The sowing and reaping. Are you with me? And Nehemiah understood something. Nehemiah is operating right now. He's with the, the king of Persia, and he hears that a thousand miles away, his homeland, the gates are burnt with fire and the walls are laid in rubble. And as he sits here, he's feeling overwhelmed that I can't enjoy my, my, my success knowing that my family is falling apart way over there, that they're in ruins. And so he leverages his relationship with the king to make a difference back home. And when the king asks him, what do you need? He says, I need permission to go. I need provision to build. And I need protection on the way. And what does the king give him? Letters. I I need an army. He gives him letters. I need permission. He gives him letters. I need building resources, lumber, stone. I need to get there. I, I I need resources. And the king gives him Letters. How many of you here need something from God? Oh, come on. You need something from God. You need a healing. You need breakthrough. You need freedom. You need there's something that you want that you need from God. Not just want, but you need. You need something from God. And yet in the midst of all this stuff, God gives him or the king gives him something. Now, let me see your Bible with me, huh? Thank you. My nice cute pink Bible. I want you to see what happens here, okay? The king, King Chacho. <laughs> Nehemiah goes to the king and says, King, I need to go and rebuild the walls. Will you give me permission, protection, and provision? And he gives him letters. He gives him He gives, the king gives Nehemiah letters that tell him what he's entitled to. The king gives Nehemiah letters to rebuild 
a place that's broken down. And he gives him. Now there's no stone in here. Most people use their Bibles as filing cabinets. What's this? Letters, letters. Waiting for Sam's picture to fall out. No picture. And he has a responsibility. These, these letters are signed by the king. They identify what Nehemiah is entitled to and give permission to the resources and safe passage to get there. Now, stay with me. It just these letters, all they did was show what Nehemiah was entitled to. Someone say entitled. I, I want you to understand that the king, every one of us, has something in our lives that has been broken down, something that's laying in ruins, something that's not the way it's supposed to be. And our king, our king of kings, has granted us letters that tell us what we are entitled to, to come and to rebuild our marriage, our home, our family, our community, our finances, our mind, that God gave us letters that show what we are entitled to. Now, if you look in the letters, there was no lumber for him to rebuild the walls, no stone. It just said what he had a right to. So what he had to do, look, look at Nehemiah chapter 9, or chapter 2, verse 9. So I went to the governors of the trans-Euphrates and gave them what? Sam, stand up here. Sam's the governor. What's up, guys? Sam's the governor, okay? He's in charge of that area. So the king gives Nehemiah what he's entitled to. And he goes over here, and as he tries to get the stuff, the governor says, no. But I got letters from the king, your boss, that says I can have this stuff. And so what does he have to do? He has to give it to me. Now, now, you don't seem happy about it, but <laughs> Nehemiah had to go. Now, follow me. You, you got to follow this. Nehemiah had to get the letters, go to the governors, the rulers, those in charge, and tell them what he had a right to. It was not the, their fault if he took the letters. Got no wood. I ain't got no stone here. How am I going to rebuild these walls? I got nothing to work with. All I got is this. How am I supposed to rebuild with this? And yet that's exactly the way we go through life. Not realizing that the king of kings gave us letters telling us that what we are entitled to in our lives, in our marriages, in our communities, in our finances, in our spirit, telling us what you have a right to. 
And instead of you enforcing what God gave you, you walk over and see someone watching over or, or, or protecting that area of your life, not realizing that he had to give it to the governing authorities and enforce what the king's wishes were. Oh, man. I, I don't know if you... In my mind, I saw this going so much more differently. I saw this, I, I saw lights going off in some of your, your lives, and I saw you just click and say, boom, I got breakthrough now. That's why I don't have breakthrough in my life. That's why I'm not breaking through, is because I know the word, but I'm not enforcing the word. I know what, I know what the king said I could have. I'm just not giving it to the, look, look at Ephesians, worship team, if you would help me. Ephesians 6 says this, for we are not fighting against, oh, come on, somebody. For we are not fighting against principalities and power, or flesh and blood enemies, but against rule, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Look what Ephesians is saying. We are fighting right now against principalities. Everyone say principalities. Principalities are the starting. When we say principle, I say God is a God of principle. God starts things off with certain things. A principality is a starting point. That starting point where lust entered into your life. That starting point where violence became part of your life. That principality where that spirit started something that did not agree with God in your life. There was a starting point where all those things started to go wrong in your life. And what we need to do is go over to that principality and say, you know what? I have a right to be free. You know what? Lust isn't going to hold me back any longer. Bondage isn't going to hold me back any longer. We have to enforce. Give me my letter back. We have to enforce what it is that God wants upon our lives because we got to speak to the starting points in our lives, the principalities. We got to speak to the powers. There are rulers, jurisdictions, there are spiritual forces that are in charge of certain areas of depression, of addiction, of lust, of bitterness, of your, your background. And we got to come to those principalities and say, I got a right to freedom in this area. You're going to have to vacate because I have freedom right now. I'm not going to let you hold me bondage anymore. I got letters from my king that says that I'm free. Then you got rulers. The straight up satanic forces. We got some satanic forces at work folks. You know what? You might not want to believe in the spiritual but the devil's at work y'all. The devil is real. Now, we could believe in evil, but I need you to know that God is greater. I don't need to worry about what Satan is doing. I ain't tripping about what Satan's up to. If I'm enforcing what I'm entitled to, I don't got to worry about that sucker. Not to worry about him. I don't live my life based on what Satan does. I live my life based on the mandate that let rest upon my life. And I'm not reactive. I'm proactive. You need to start walking according to the word of God on your life, but you can't enforce what you don't know you have right to. Then you have authorities, which are opposition of God, state of depravity before our redemption. 
That's our condition that we were in before. And listen, we have to be able to go to these areas in our lives that are trying to hold back the blessings of God from us and say, I have a right to this. I have a right to healing. I have a right to to the resources to rebuild my life, my family, my career, my future, my kids. It's time to take a stand. Did you hear me? It's time to take a stand. This this time for wimpy Christianism is over. It's time to rise up and say, Satan, this is where it stops. I'm not going to let you. Matthew 11, 12 says, from the time of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful people have been seizing it. In other words, the word of God says this, is that your kingdom come, your will be done. The kingdom doesn't come on accident. It has to come by pushing it forward, by declaring it. I'm going to push it into my marriage. I'm going to push it into my family. I'm going to push it into my business, into my school, into my community, into my city, into my state, into my nation. I'm going to bring the presence of God and enforce the power of God in this place. Because the word of God says in Matthew 16, 19. I give you the keys of the kingdom. How many have heard this before? Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will what? Forbid permit many of the things that we're suffering right now we have a right to freedom from and it's up to us to forbid and permit forbid permit hey, some, of you, some of you husbands you gotta start forbidding that spirit of divorce from entering into your family you need to step up and start saying, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, whatever things I've blown it, I'm th- how, I haven't lived up to the man I needed to be. You might think, well, it's her fault. But as the man of God, as the CEO of your family, you need to rise up and take responsibility. And you need to pull that stuff together. You need to say, I, I forbid divorce to step in, and I'm going to permit love and forgiveness to rise up. If you're sick in your body, I forbid this sickness to take any more steps in my life. And I permit right now healing. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.